Welcome Home, a podcast for veterans, about veterans, by veterans, is a project of Willing Warriors and the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run. Good morning. I'm your host, Larry Ziliox, Director of Culinary Services here at the Warrior Retreat. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the 957 Project, which uh, I'm sure all of our listeners will find uh, fascinating. I'm really uh, impressed with it. And uh, we've got two great guests that are here to explain it to us and tell us all about how it came to be and what it's all about. John Hamilton is an Army veteran, 24 years, warrant officer, flies helicopters for fun and excitement, I'm sure. Used to. Now fly airplanes for a living. Ah, there you go. Okay. (laughs) And then Riley is a junior at Wakefield School. John, if you would, tell us just a little bit about your uh, military background and then um, about the 957 Project. You betcha. And thanks, Larry, for what you guys do here at the Willing Warrior Nonprofit. I've just been mildly impressed today. So thank you for uh, your time hosting us here. So I enlisted in the Army when I was 20 years old and was enlisted for a couple of years. and became an Army warrant officer. I flew helicopters in the Army and airplanes. 24 years, uh, 22 on active duty. I did a couple of years part-time. And when I was stationed in Washington, D.C., working at Fort Belvoir, mm-hmm. I met uh, my co-founder of the 957 Project, Peter Finler, through our local church. So that's kind of the background of how I met my co-founder in my military service. Wow. Okay. And uh, what? tell us about what the 957 Project is all about, what it represents, and what it does, really. Sure. So a decade ago, so exactly 10 years ago this month, uh, Peter, who's a high school history teacher, was teaching at Washington Latin Public Charter School in, the inter- uh, in, D- in Washington, D.C., and mm-hmm. They've got a real innovative leadership staff there at that school where they bring a lot of different folks in to talk. He just thought it might be interesting to have me come in and talk to the students about my military service. So I did. And it was a neat engagement. And I gave a lot of thought to the talk. And I just wanted to talk to young people about what it means to be a soldier in the in this country and what it would be nice to have citizens grow up to not only appreciate soldiers, but to be an informed citizen uh, to know what our nation's soldiers are up to and what they do when they go overseas and leave their families. Mm -hmm. That just happened to be, just by chance, the same day Peter was teaching about September 11th in his classroom. Mm. So I gave a a talk, and then he said, would you like to stay and be interviewed for an oral history about your experiences on September 11th? So my boss had given me the day off. I didn't want to go back to work, and I crammed myself on one of those little student desks and had a brown bag lunch and listened to Pete talk, uh, teach about September 11th for a few minutes, and then talk to these young people about September 11th. In 2013, they, these, these students still had some vague memories of, of the day. Uh, and they asked me my experiences on September 11th and what I thought about the origins and root causes of 9-11 and this sort of thing. And it was just a fascinating exchange. So about a week after that, Peter and I were hanging out because we're pals. He's like, what did you think about that? I said, well, that was powerful. And uh, I said, well, and on some of this stuff, what are these What are these kids thinking about 9-11? And he said, well, John, I don't know what to think. And I just remember thinking, well, we need to do something about that. And what I mean is not to get too far into the weeds on, on mis- misrepresentation, but history counts, truth counts, and certain objective facts about that day 
namely that we were hit with a heart attack and then the country after that responded in a united way. I think it's important that young people know not only the truth of what happened, but how this nation responded united. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete says, well, what are we going to do? I said, well, I don't know. I'm going to retire in a couple of years. And uh, essentially, that's the genesis of this. He put together, we came up with an idea of a trip to the Flight 93 Memorial to tie in. 9-11 is such a big event with the fourth air, all, all four airplanes. But if you take that fourth airplane and what happened on Flight 93, that's when the, the first counterattack of the war on terror occurred, when not soldiers or airmen or sailor marines responded or coast guardsmen, 40 regular citizens responded to an enemy attack on our nation. And they did it in a way that was courageous, resilient, and, and the highest level of teamwork and empowerment and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So 957 Project honors what they did at 9.57 a.m. is when they took action and saved our capital. We don't know for sure, but everybody, either that, the White House or the Capitol, and some historians assert that they saved our form of government. Mm. So it's, it's a most incredible story, and we've named what we do, which is take we, that first day. We just did that model since then. We, we bring uh, small groups in with post-9-11 combat veterans to talk about all those qualities. We take them to the Flight 93 Memorial in Shanksville, and we've named it in honor of those 40 folks. And we provide a continuum from that first counterattack to every service member that served in Iraq and Afghanistan and anywhere else in war and terror. And it's essentially the same continuum of service. Mm-hmm. And we use that hard day to teach important truths and amazing, beautiful things to our young people. Mm-hmm. So kind of a longest story, but that's how that's how it all came about and why we're named this. So that's the beginning of the war on terrorism right there. I would say on Flight 93, yep. that's that was the first organized, mm-hmm. organized counter, uh, first organized response to the attacks of, on 9-11. Mm-hmm. When the Americans took the fight to the terrorists. That's right. Yeah. Up that aisle, that 757. They said, nope. And it's a most amazing story. I don't know how much you know about Flight 93. I know you have yeah. a Flight 93 coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I think every American, that's just me, but that is a story that lifts the spirits of every American, no matter where you're from. Sure. It's an amazing, almost too good to be true story, but it's the truth and it's what happened. And mm-hmm. those people were just amazing people, all 40 of them on that plane, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, yeah, quite a day. Riley, how did you get involved in the project? Um, so Mr. Findler uh, is my te- history teacher and has been all throughout high school. He took us to the memorial last year, and that's really when um, my of curiousness got started this year he started a club to make a, a podcast and that's when i really kind of got involved and, and started working with it i did i think two or three interviews okay with some veterans um, and those interviews were just amazingly impactful on me personally so the 957 project the podcast associated with the project originates there at the wakefield school and with students at the wakefield school and interview um, veterans about their post 9-11 service. Yes, sir. Okay. How many veterans have you interviewed overall, do you think? I have interviewed, I think, three. Um, I think they've interviewed six or seven at this point. Okay. Oh, in multiple schools. Yeah. Not yeah. just, not just yeah, at Wakefield. Not just at Wakefield. Other schools, too. Okay. Right? Yeah. 
Um, where are the other schools? Are they local or? So actually, uh, we've got uh, another school in Pineville, Kentucky. Mm. And, and uh, I think that's the only yeah. other school we're working on right now. Maybe another. We're, we're always looking for other educators to partner with. And what the podcast. So tomorrow we're taking a group from the school to Shanksville and immerse them in the 93 story all day. Mm-hmm. But the most formative transformative component of what the 957 project does we believe is what we did that very first day in the classroom it's the sit down transformative discuss, small group discussion between a veteran and and these young people so the podcast allows that to be shared with whoever would be interested and you can do it anywhere right instead of just doing it at the flight 93 memorial or in a classroom sure sure so i guess it would be it would be great if you could take this program nationally. What do you think is the number one hurdle to getting it into schools as part of a curriculum? Well, so Peter would be fantastic to talk to about that. But just like anything, what we've come to find out is educators are, their time is very precious. Mm. And there are many organizations or nonprofits that are knocking on their door to share things with educators for whatever reason. Sure. So I don't even think it's that though. I think it's well, perhaps competition for attention, but we're we're small, and a lot of folks just don't know about what we do. Mm-hmm. But once they see what we do, they're like, "Wow!" Yeah. But just like I'm sure here at the, the Warrior Retreat, it's kind of been similar. People don't know it till they see it, and then right. when they see it, they're like, "Oh, wow, this is great!" Yeah, yeah. So just we're small, and people just don't know a lot about us yet. Well, hopefully, um, we'll get the word out. It's certainly about the podcast. That's for sure. That's. One of the things we wanted to do uh, today was just make people aware of the podcast and through the podcast of the program. Riley, what's the one thing that you've learned from the veterans that you've interviewed that you think our listeners would find um, beneficial? I think the power of a story, um, because that's you don't really think that someone telling a story that's. 10 or more years old can impact you, but it really can. Yeah. I know for me, it's just a really, really awesome experience being able to interview. I'm really into aviation, so I've interviewed a couple of pilots and that's been really cool for me. Okay. And yeah, I think just finding the uh, the stories are just fascinating. Right. So I've found that a lot of times in talking with veterans that uh, while they all have their own story, very often their stories are very similar. Um I, I saw this um, play out, actually, when we do our home wife home dinner, um, which is we invite wounded warriors and their families from Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir for that home-cooked Thanksgiving dinner before Sunday before Thanksgiving. And we started to uh, invite veterans from other conflicts. So we would have uh, these active-duty soldiers who were at the hospital but then they might be sitting next to a World War II veteran or a Korean veteran or a Vietnam veteran. And we weren't sure how that was going to go, except it just went really well because while the equipment that they used in the conflict was different, the experience was nearly identical. And uh, they had so much more in common than than what we thought. And uh, I, I think, you know, when it comes to interviewing veterans, um, I think the more we can get the story of uh, their story out, uh, the more the public will come to understand the sacrifice and what it means to be in the military 
Um, do you think, where do you find veterans to interview? Are they reluctant to talk or? I think a lot of times um, they're very eager to talk. I know the ones I have, uh, have mm-hmm. met with have been very interested in and talking and, and sharing their stories. Also asking us questions, which has been a lot of fun. Right. Um, so, no, we got into like a 15 minute conversation about baseball. And one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the interviews I was doing. Oh, nice. So John, what's, what's the best way for a veteran to get in touch with the project if they want to support it or try to get it into their local school curriculum or they want to be a guest on the podcast super easy you can go to the 957 project.org and that's 957 without a colon Mm -hmm. and there is a contact uh email just uh, contact us i believe it's uh, connect at 957 uh, project.org but go to the website to make sure, or you can sure. just Google the 957 project, like the time 957. Right. And that will bring you to the website and that'll put us right, uh, right in touch with us. And we would love to hear from any veteran that uh, would be interested in sharing resilient attitudes and stories mm-hmm. with America's young people. That's mm-hmm. what we're in the business of doing. So that would be fantastic. So out of this whole project has grown a curriculum. Absolutely, yes. Okay, which is the crest model, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it might help to just give a quick framework. So the 957 Project has essentially four types of activities. We do a trip to the 957 Memorial, like we're doing tomorrow. We do virtual visits that came out of COVID, where we're just like everyone discovered, wow, this is free, we can do a meeting. So if, say, an educator in Idaho, which we got an email from Idaho once a veteran to zoom in and talk to the young people, we can do that. Mm -hmm. We also have the means to provide a veteran to do um, an actual in-person visit. And then the last thing is the Crest program, which the podcast is uh, a product of that, essentially. Crest is a leadership program, courage, resilience, empowerment, service, and teamwork. Mm -hmm. So that's more of a, if an educator wanted to partner with the 957 project, then we would equip them with the ability to build what they've done at Wakefield. That's what we did with an educator in Kentucky and other educators that we're speaking with. And that is a a series of events where we stress the importance of those key values to young people. And then what they do, the end game result is they can do a service project or they can produce a podcast which is what Riley has done. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately that podcast is shared with anyone that wants to hear. And then we also donate it to the Library of Congress as a veteran's uh, oral history. Right. So we, in our short time together uh, over the last couple of years, we really have a multifaceted way of engaging folks. And then under that also, we also have a 90-page curriculum guide that my co-founder Peter Fowler Peter Fendler, excuse me, has uh, co-authored with New York Times best-selling author Andy Carroll, mm. who is the director of the American War Letters Project out of Chapman University. And that utilizes soldier correspondence to and from the home front mm-hmm. to teach uh September 11th and the service rendered by our American young people. So we got a, we're a small nonprofit, but we have a lot of ways to engage folks who are really creative and innovative. Wow. Wow. And Riley, so thinking about 
the podcast, you you got involved, um, and where do you see it going? It is, I mean, what's the future of the podcast look like? Hopefully, we can get more schools involved and, and more people involved, and try and interview as, and share as many stories as we can. I think that's it, it's it's a really important thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really fun thing to do as well. Right? Yeah. And you're a junior. Yes, sir. So then you're a senior and then you're off to college and then the job of host gets passed on to someone else at the school. We have a good bit of underclassmen at our school that are involved with the the podcast, including some who just recorded an interview not 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Right here. Yeah, right here. Um, And so it's it's sort of a, a rotating host position. So we have, there's eight members in the club we've got at our school that um, they come in after school a couple times a month. We've got a rotation of, of two people um, that do the interview um, with uh, with a veteran, mm-hmm. um, get on a Zoom call or whatever it may be, and they record it, and then it gets edited, and yeah, and I've been with a couple of different people doing that, and and uh, recording those, and uh, you just create questions, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Okay, and equipment-wise, just just for those listeners who are thinking, oh, maybe my my son or daughter might be interested in this, and maybe they can start a club. Maybe they don't need a full curriculum and get the school board involved, but maybe it could be a club after school where they do the same thing. It really just takes a computer, some microphones, and some software, and uh, they're in business. What do you think that um, young people today would, if they're thinking about starting something like that, would how would they really benefit from it? What do you think? I think um, what I've learned most about is a lot about just different branches. Then I've uh, met with people who were Army and the Coast Guard, and the Army and the Coast Guard, yeah. <laughs> Um who have gone on to do different things in the civilian world or, or stay in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the military world. And I think that's, that's really cool. What's the John, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, what's the one thing that you want listeners to take away from our conversation today? And the thing that you think is the most important thing for them to know about the 957 project? Well, there's a lot. Um, but the one thing that just leaps out to me is on the the worst day of, of the young century that a lot of people did a lot of amazing, brave, heroic things. And there's a lot, you don't hear the word idealism very often. Right. Matter of fact, I can't believe, I can't remember the last time I've heard that lately. Yeah. Uh, but I was reading about idealism this morning and what that means. And when, when as a veteran, when I come out and this is done worlds are good for me, all this stuff I've described to you just personally. And then I get to still work with people that I served with and not just to get together, but we have a mission to help these young people learn these things. Um, but when I look into these young people's eyes, you know, and I see they're young people, so they, they don't know what they don't know, but they've got a lot of hope because they got their whole life ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And they're asking questions and they're looking to you for answers. And we don't have all the answers, but they give me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's 
the biggest thing out of the 957 project, things are never as bad as they seem. Yeah. And there's a lot of hope out there and it's out there if you look for it. Mm. Riley, how about you? What, what do you want our listeners to know about the project and that podcast in particular? Um, I think just um, maybe listen to it and you'll see what comes from it because everyone that I did an interview with, we all got different stuff out of the same conversation. And I think that's really, really cool. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you both for joining us today. I think it, uh, it's just a, a really awesome project. And um, I think it's so important to tell young people today uh, uh, all about 9-11 and what, uh, what it meant to the country. So many uh, young people at the time joined up because of 9-11. And we're better off as a country because of that. Um, but uh, this has been great. And I really appreciate you both coming. And thank you for all y'all do here, Larry. It's fantastic to spend time with you today, and I mean that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The Welcome Home Podcast is brought to you by Willing Warriors, a nonprofit organization serving active duty service members and veterans since 2012. To learn more, please visit our webpage at willingwarriors.org.